Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a common space for us to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about and how it shows up in our coaching and our lives. Each week, we'll discuss a taboo topic, our connection to it, and the questions we're exploring. So we invite you to share your own questions and insights so that we can learn together. We're your hosts, Sherry. Hi. And Barty. And this is Unfolding Sharp Corners. Hi, Barty. Hi, Sherry. I'm so ready. We're going to do our first real episode. I know. Me too. I'm super (laughs) excited. So what should our topic be? Well, I think the first thing I want to do is um, connect with you, like, Mm. about the last topic. Mm, Nice. Yeah. Was there anything um, that you wanted to, anything coming up for you from last time? That is an awesome question. I feel like right after I recorded it, I did listen again and I was like, oh, I wish I'd said this and I wish I'd said that, mm-hmm. but I cannot remember what that is at the moment. Yeah. I, th- I think along something along the lines of like, yeah, permission to fail, but also like, yeah, more and more permission basically. And also more and more like calling out and participation, like that part felt like I could have talked about that even more and just wanting to wanting to encourage that wanting to emphasize like these topics are things we're learning about you know and that it's it's a learning space I think that was I just want to reiterate that Mm -hmm. what about you yeah I love that it's a learning space and it's a yeah and it's an experiment for us too right Mm -hmm. um the similar to yourself I, I left with the feeling of like, there's so much more to say, but I also said all of the things I needed to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't remember exactly all of the things, but I, I love, um, I love this idea of just like this permission to fail. Mm-hmm. We're going to screw it up. We're not going to use the right word or we're not going to say it the right way. And we're experimenting and we're exploring. And these are really heavy personal topics. Mm-hmm. So um, you'll see us having a reaction to it too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that feels right for everything I could think of from that mm-hmm. last topic or last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. So let's shift some gear, uh, like shift the gears, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's alive today? <laughs> um, I mean, I think our big connecting point and like the original piece of like thinking about this podcast was trauma. And mm-hmm. I feel like that shows up. That's like, you know, when you think about things like racism or sexism, or you think about grief, or you think about like, all poverty, like all the ways that it affects your life, like classism, all of it is traumatic. Um, Mm -hmm. right. And like this sort of overarching, overarching thing of like life is traumatic and, and not like, uh, Oh my God, life is so traumatic sort of way, but in a way that's like accepting that like life has its things just happen. And some, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they're hard and sometimes they have deeper impacts and to really recognize them as trauma feels like a great place to start and I feel like we could probably talk about this for 
way more than an hour, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for sure. probably do just trauma for many episodes. Um, yeah. But like, I think that's a nice place to start as sort of the umbrella that all of these other things that we want to talk about, a mm. lot of taboo, you know, a lot of taboos around shame and shame can like, is a part of trauma. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, you made me think of something when you just said that. Um, well, first I want to check in. Mm-hmm. Was that all you had? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to throw that out there as like a yeah. starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. The thing that you made me think of with shame mm. and trauma is um, we see this a lot. And I recently saw this, um, I think it was Girls, Girls, Girls magazine. Mm. They posted a video with um, Cynthia Nixon where she's reciting. Oh, yes. I've seen that. Yeah. How powerful is that? Yeah. And well, let's, let's describe it for people who haven't seen oh, it yeah. and we can link to it. Uh, yes. Oh podcast. yes. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So she, she recites this poem and it's about how to be a lady. Mm. Um, and, and it's all of the, the mixed messaging that you receive. Um, at one point she's was like, don't eat that burger. Uh, you'll be too fat. Don't, Oh, you're, um, you look too skinny, go eat something. Mm-hmm. And, and it just keeps going and it's going. Like conflicting messages one after the other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this whole, I think it's a poem or an essay. And if I'm not mistaken, it's one of the Weinstein victims, but I could be wrong mm-hmm. that actually wrote it. And mm-hmm. then, wow. Then it, I didn't know that. I could be so wrong about this. Um, if I'm wrong, I, I and that's okay. Yeah. We will correct it in the, the description and the link. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyhow, the point is, it's like this powerful, um, essay that, or poem that she's reciting and it's all about this mixed messaging women get. And, um, the thing that I thought of is, um, victims, are led to be ashamed mm-hmm. of their choices mm-hmm. versus the choices of the perpetrators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea of like how somehow, like if you were assaulted, it's somehow your fault. Right. And like that idea, uh, and then, then, then these women unfortunately have to walk through life, like feeling ashamed somehow. Right. Right. That's our culture. Yeah. It's so gross. It's just like this. um, So when you, when you said shame and trauma, I I thought of that, like, Mm. oh my gosh. Yeah. This, this traumatic event occurs. um, And then somehow it's, you know, the woman's fault and therefore now she has to feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, it's just so bizarre. Right. It it feels like, there's so many things I want to say. <laughs> like when there's like, right, our culture of victim blaming goes well beyond sexual assault, right? Like, yeah, of course, you know, uh, a kid is screaming about something and then you're like, why are you yelling? And it's like, but the, that's a kid is like asking for their needs, right? And yeah. like, how about meeting them where they're at and asking for what they need? But 
there's like, you know, I think the origins of that, of that in like um, assault cases is our justice system, right? Like where, what is a defense lawyer going to ask a victim on, you know, on the hot seat is like, what were you wearing? Like they're planting mm-hmm. seeds of doubt. That's their, yeah. their job, but that goes well beyond that that culture right it goes beyond the courtroom and in our world right that these are all the ways to control those with less power whether that's women and sexual assault there's children that it's like yeah you know people blame children for like children innocent children who are Mm -hmm. assaulted by family members you know Mm -hmm. to be like well, why were you there? What were you doing? Yeah. You know, and it's like the kid's just a kid doing yeah. kid things. <laughs> exactly. We have to trust and blame adults when they aren't trusted or trustworthy. Yeah. There's there's yeah. also like um when I think about how people usually when you're angry, like in life, maybe not angry about like justice or injustice but like angry about you know someone cutting you off or something like that in the in traffic Mm -hmm. it's like we immediately go to blame we immediately jump in and like someone's fault it's projecting out like this this thing of like but i could have also slowed down or like they they don't there's a reality it's like they may not yeah mean to be cutting me off like but we put all of this stuff where we put it on someone else mm-hmm. instead of looking inward and dealing with our own stuff yes and that to me talks about the same thing with you know sexual assault it's like let's blame her or him versus right, right? Yeah. like the assault happens to both gender all genders yeah. Yeah, yeah but then also like but then the person who has power is like oh it, this is about sex not about power and like yeah that they made me do this and you know it just is like you know uh this not wanting to deal with their own problems right and so it's easy to project and blame that on someone else yeah oh my gosh yeah I um man I remember there was this um uh there's this woman um I've met in other things um, she told me about her her uh, ex-husband and um, ex-mother-in-law. And this this ex-husband was abusive, and um, and the ex-mother-in-law like went around like um, spreading rumors that the woman was lying. Mm. And I remember like being like super shocked about it. I'm like, how? how are you like um how are you telling the story without like like breaking down because this is such a like heavy thing like this woman is going this ex-mother-in-law is like going around saying like you you're a liar you were never physically abused where like there are pictures to prove this yeah and she goes i kind of and she she didn't mean this like, oh, I feel sorry for her, boo-hoo. Like, she was like, I, I, I pity her. Like, I feel sorry for her because, like, what else is she left to do with? She has to walk around and, on this earth and admit that her son is a physical abuser. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and something you just said right now, like, this idea of, like, looking within. Mm-hmm. And, like, instead of this ex-mother-in-law looking within and helping her son look within 
and like getting that stuff figured out and fixed. Right. They went around like spreading rumors about this other woman. Right. Like, oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I think about that, like you think about racism, right? If you're, if someone who is black brings up racism in a space, then, then there's like, oh, I'm not racist or, oh no, I don't see color. Like all the different things that people say to like not face that. Yeah. You may not be saying something explicitly racist, but that doesn't mean you're not like we're all a little bit racist because we live in and have been brainwashed into this system and we need to acknowledge what exists within us so we can deal with it. But it's easier to blame the other person to be like, oh, you're, you're just imagining things or whatever it is. So, you know, like, that's not me. It's it's this whole like inability. It's not, it's a not wanting to be held accountable. Yeah. This idea of like not wanting to be held accountable. Um, yeah. And I wonder even like if it starts really young when like kids get away with like little things and then they just keep trying to get away with bigger and bigger things as they get older and have more power, have more money and more agency. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's getting away with it intentionally or like, again, no one holds you accountable. Like this is the, there's a job of parenting now that people are starting to really be aware of on the side of people who have power to realize they need to talk about that with their kids and, and layer that into their parenting as well. Yeah. It makes me think of like, um, I just read the book Educated by Tara Westover. I don't know if you've, um, it's a memoir. It's, it's a nonfiction, it's a memoir, but it's, she grew up in Idaho, uh, like with a family of preppers and mm-hmm. never went, and also like they didn't trust the government, all these things. So she never went to school until okay. like her sophomore year of high school. But then wow. she, she, in all of this, like moving away, going to school, she ends up going to like, Oxford at Cambridge and then Harvard and like she she makes it but in in that journey she loses her family but also she she sees the like brainwashing that has occurred in her Mm -hmm. life right and so this like lots of trauma lots of like like your story about the abuse and the stories of like that didn't happen right (laughs) or like everyone in the room even her own mother witnessed it and and then there were over time the story would change and then that would like she it was gaslighting basically gaslighting, she would yeah. have this like she's like did that really happen yeah. yeah oh my god I don't know or you know I know it happened but then if it you're unsupported you're just out there with no one but yourself to like try and remember and believe that it did really happen yeah yeah and then you start to question yourself you're just like walking around and like you're like wait maybe I'm making it bigger than I thought yeah (laughs) losing it maybe I'm making it all up (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I um yeah yeah like it's just it's wild what people will do not to accept um accept responsibility Mm. and to acknowledge that the they have to look within first Mm -hmm. versus like just blaming the other person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm curious you know 
Well, there's a couple different questions I have for you. One is like, yeah. you know, what's your personal connection to this that like yeah. it's an important topic that is really a lot of the origin of like where we started this conversation yeah. and the reason for this podcast and then like what open questions are you exploring with that mm, yeah um so the per- i mean the personal um aspect of it is um i don't want to use i mean yeah i guess i should use the terminology but like um I guess I'm a victim of sexual assault. I was going to say a lot. But I don't know what that word is. But, um, sexual assault. And, um, and the thing that I've been, so the thing that I've been exploring is how do I, um, I went to therapy and everything like that. And, and um and the thing that i didn't learn in therapy is how to integrate it to be a part of my life mm-hmm. instead i learned how to like analyze it and like mm. like oh here's the here's how it affects my present you know like mm-hmm. um and and so now what I'm working on is, well, how do I integrate it as a part of my life? Like, um, because I don't, here's the thing, like, and this is why I struggle with even saying like, I'm a victim of, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want the story of that. I'm a victim. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it's not because I'm minimizing it or anything like that. It's that, I I'm thriving in my life and, Mm. and like there's definitely places where this is affecting my life in a really fucked up way. Mm. Yeah. We made this explicit um, uh, podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I welcome it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I hope YouTube does too. We'll figure it out. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, like, so, so there's this whole piece of it where, yes, I know that, um, I was a victim and for many years I didn't talk about it because there's a lot of like shame associated with it and guilt and, and like, yeah. all the, like, you know, all the stuff that we tell ourselves or we're led to believe to tell ourselves, um, <clears throat> And then there's the whole like packaging it like, okay, well that's my past. I'm like, okay, now mm. I get to like live and this amazing life because I've dealt yeah. with it through yeah. therapy. Yeah. And really what I'm realizing is it's like, well, it actually needs to be a part of my life. Like it mm. needs to be a part of my story. It needs to be a part of who I am because with th- that is a that's the that's a part of my essence. That's a part yeah. of me. Yeah, I love that. I love the word integration. Mm-hmm. Um, I I definitely want to draw a parallel to something I'm experiencing in my life, but I want to ask you about, you know, I've heard of, um, I'm not a victim of sexual assault. And so I don't, I can't speak to it from my own experiences. Um, but I have heard of others that I know speak of it as um, I'm a survivor Oh, uh, yeah. of sexual assault and 
And I think that's an individual, like when you're ready for a term or whatever feels right. And some people don't want to go in that direction. Yeah. And, and that's fine. Like it's up to each person. Um, so yeah. I'm curious how you feel about it. Um, and yeah, I guess just what yeah. your experience of that word is. Yeah, I actually, um, you actually reminded me, I have heard that before. Um, yeah, I like, I like that. I, um, it resonates for me because of the, it feels, okay. <laughs> and I don't know if this is the case, right? But I'm making up that when someone says I'm a survivor of sexual assault, they have already integrated it. Mm, okay. So there's like something that's happened that's occurred in their life. They've accepted it as a part of their story mm-hmm. thing that I want. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. yeah. I I definitely as an as someone who hasn't lived that experience, there's some the part of it that I I think I always think about words and language and putting the onus of it on the right place. Mm-hmm. You know, so like centering the the quote unquote victim to like and and putting the blame on like that I survived and that means someone else did something to me, yeah. right? And that it's it doesn't automatically make me a victim. Exactly. Right. That that's sort of like um like yeah, I think even in like the world of like cancer survivors, right? Yeah. That, yeah, there, and there's a whole like another level there with cancer, but, um, yeah, or or like words that are, like the word minority, mm-hmm. you know, is like, well, it automatically makes you less than. Yeah. And I like more like, like even so I'm not quite sure this is the right word, but like the word marginalized means mm-hmm. like someone else mm-hmm. put me in the margins, you yeah. know, as opposed to like, I am a minority. Yeah. There's like a, I, it's like part, becomes part of my identity as opposed mm-hmm. to like someone else did like the system, something did something yeah. to me. Yeah. So something about putting the onus on the right place so that yeah. this victim blaming yeah. sort of energy shifts in our language even. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. I lo- yeah, I actually, it's interesting. Like I said, it's interesting you even brought it into the conversation because I remember hearing that and I remember like it resonating for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think what we're like, what we're talking about right here is something similar than to what I felt like initially, like, oh, like when I think of survivor, I think of the person that's kind of like integrated it and like they've kind of Mm. there's a mindset shift that occurs right when you're when you're strong when you're strong enough to say like i'm a survivor of this it's like well i kicked its ass and right (laughs) it is no you know like i'm no longer a victim of it anymore yeah 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 i I think our words matter a lot and externally and this is in society but internally into like what you talked about our story and how we integrate yeah, one of the things, like, the, what you've said brought up for me, well, let me check, like, d- do you feel like it's okay to yeah. move into this? Um, yeah. Is uh, a couple of years ago, I went to a conference, and it, there was this exercise where you told your story, mm-hmm. and then you retell it as a superhero um, of your life, and I really liked that, and it was very powerful for me, just in whatever it was, 15 minutes, or however much time you had to do it, that I was like, 
it, it might not have even been like immediately in the moment, but over time mm. I was like, wow, there is a lot of power in narrative yeah. and story. And so that has been powerful for me. I would say that was five or six years ago. And that has helped me like relook at my life in a whole new way. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like that was a chapter. And now I'm in this place of in therapy, like this is only the second time in my life that I've gone to therapy and not necessarily around a specific issue, but like ongoing general mm-hmm. therapy. Yeah. And in that, talking about going back to childhood and going back mm-hmm. to different parts of my life and, yeah. and layering not only my own stuff, but the context I'm really grateful for my therapist's office it has a sort of radical belief system and lays in like what is what is the context of living in capitalism or white supremacy or layer in like what are the systemic elements to your life experience and so seeing like what does that mean to be a child of immigrants and to have Mm -hmm. one culture that you live in out in the world and one culture that you live in at home and like all these different parts. And there was something about the exercise of telling my story as a superhero. Like the analogy I gave her was like, Oh, you know, those like shoe boxes that you put your photos in like nice sturdy (laughs) boxes. And I was like, it's almost like I put my life into these nice sturdy shoe boxes, like different chapters of my life in this really pretty way. Mm -hmm. And like you could look in and all the photos, right. And photos are usually always a happy moments. All those are there. I know what the in-between moments are, but I never address them. No one else sees them. No one else knows them. And sometimes I don't always know that. Like Mm -hmm. I've sort of glossed over Mm -hmm. what that might be like. And then when, and then, we're talking about like, oh, oh, I could look at like all the millions of ways that I learned that I was different, that Mm -hmm. I didn't belong, that I didn't fit in, Mm -hmm. um, both at home and out, mostly out in the world, you know? Um, and then over time this, like, I might belong more in American culture and then I lose my home culture, you know? Um, and there's like, so I think what I'm trying to say is like, different level of trauma like I'd say lowercase t trauma um uh that is more like the daily everyday life um elements of like life is traumatic sort of things that also need to be reintegrated into my story and I need to I'm trying in this place of trying to own my story in its fullness Mm -hmm. not just the pretty parts and like oh yeah I, I I, you know, moved my career from engineering to project management. I traveled the world, like all the successful pieces, but like, but the cost of doing that, like the emotional cost, the growth, the having to do that on my own, people not understanding that in my family or whatever, that there's, there's this undercurrent that I don't acknowledge um, that is still here that I'm still trying to like weave back into my story, you know, yeah. and like add those in between moments in the, in the photo boxes, you know? Yeah. So my story is more full and whole so I can like move forward in this way that, that I love that word integrated. That feels like I have owned all parts of my story. Yeah. I think um, there's just so much, right? Like, that we just like you said we package up you know these are the good parts that we get to show to everybody these are the parts that we don't let anyone in except 
for the ones that we trust or whatever the case may be. Um, and, you know, and we, and we move on, you know, like, but if we don't open those things in that dusty corner in the garage or basement, <laughs> um, they can truly wreak havoc yes. on certain places in your lives. Um, the story of, you know, um, the story of like your, you know, yourself, like going from being an engineer to um, project management to becoming a coach and also like the, the you know, belonging outside in um, America and like American culture versus belonging within your home, you know, all of these things, um, which obviously are similar for myself too, right? Like I, I'm a child of immigrants and um, like all of these things and then add all of the bigger, big T trauma events. Yeah. Like they can start to truly wreak havoc into your adult life if we yeah. don't address them. Like, you know, you could be successful at work, but you know, you may really suck at relationships for yeah. it. Yeah. Or, or I don't know, like you may have a lot of like emotional clutter like, mm -hmm. and you, like you can't work past it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So uh, yeah, th there's so much importance in integrating it and making it, making it your whole full story. I think we forget that sometimes mm -hmm. or rather it's a taboo topic that we don't get to talk about. Right. Right. Yeah. I like when, when, when my therapist was talking about it, there was a visual that came to my mind that, that sort of spoke to me of like, you know, when you're in, in the ocean mm -hmm. or even like shallow ocean, mm -hmm. that when the wave comes by on the top, you're under the water, you see the wave go by over you, but you also see like the sand underneath starts yeah, to like pick up a little bit yeah. and then it settles back down. And I think about like, that's the feeling when like, I can go about my day and my life and I'm like, yeah, like I have a lot of power and a lot of privilege in my life. Mm -hmm. And I like, my life is good and I have lots of things to appreciate exactly. and to keep going, keep going. And then something happens that I'm like, it could be a movie. It could be a song. It could mm -hmm. be a random conversation that then like, all of a sudden that sand starts to like swirl up and I'm like, what is this feeling yeah. right now? I can't handle it. Why am I crying, <laughs> weeping over this note in a song, you know, like yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Um, but then it like, you follow that feeling down and there's a root of, yeah. of something there to be yeah. uh, tended to. Yeah. Yeah. And we, learn very quickly in life how to ignore the signals that our body is giving to us yeah um you know all we need is just well from a feelings perspective i think it's like only like a minute and a half that we need mm. it's like 90 seconds that we need to like process that feeling in that moment but we just need to ask ourselves like questions like, Oh, what is that? You know, what is that feeling? Is it anxiety? Is it, 
fear? What is it? You know, right. and like dig in a little bit. Well, what is it? Where do I feel it? What, um, what triggered that feeling or, you know, what did it remind me of? And just taking those few moments just to do that for ourselves can be, um, can be so life changing because we start to notice a pattern. Mm-hmm. You know, we start to notice like, oh, I always get anxiety when I think of things like this, you know? How did you um, learn, relearn the language of your body and to listen to it? Um, you know, honestly, I think I started to learn it in when I was taking um, the coaching classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember which class it is, but there's a lot of like, oh, if you had to assign a color to it, what would yeah. it be? <laughs> Whatever class it was. Right. Um, yeah. Do, do you remember? You just took I, I Honestly, I kind of feel like it probably was demoed in the fundamentals. And okay. that one when it was like, what? What do we mean? What color? But then it, it a little bit more in fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And then, but like, I think balance and it's, you look, look at each, you know, perspective okay. that you might like embody more and more and then processes the like ultimate embodiment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I think I just, yeah, I, I think it probably hit me the most probably in process because mm-hmm. we go fully into it. Um, and for those of you who don't know, process is just a type of coactive coaching. There's three different types, fulfillment, balance, and, um, process. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we can share that information. Right. And embodiment that. goes across all of them, mm-hmm. but is most powerfully, I think, applied in process where you yeah. like stay with, the uh, big feelings, whatever they are. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, I think if I started to see or notice something in Mm -hmm. process and then, um, you know, ever since I started the, my, uh, coaching, uh, courses and everything like that, it's each piece of it has been life changing. Right. Mm -hmm. So like things have shifted for me over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I think, um, I'm trying to think for me, I think coaching has accelerated what I had started before, um, in this place where, you know, I think it actually probably started my relationship, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like, dealing with conflict and realizing, Mm -hmm. okay, I can't just cold shoulder somebody for days (laughs) or weeks. (laughs) It was, it was terrible. Like that behavior that is learned uh, from my childhood. And I worked really hard on conflict and, but always working on it from up here. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. what's the thought process? How Mm -hmm. can I calm myself down in order to have the conflict? And then I was like, but what's going on that like, okay, I can just be angry I can know I'm angry and I can't understand what it is like that's making me angry it would take me days to understand which is like frustrating for my partner right and so it 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 was then from there like okay I need to journal then noticing like what what does it feel like in my body when I'm angry yeah you know and like I remember even (laughs) I think I've told you this before in fundamentals the very first class in a practice you were you were coaching me and we were talking about something and you were like it just stopped and you're like you're angry 
<laughs> and I had this like, oh my God, I am angry, <laughs> you know, but I was like this way of, I was so disconnected yeah. from, from what I was feeling and to know that. And now it's been a lot of work of like, re, I, I, I heard Esther Perel, I don't know if you, mm, know, her, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, the like uh, relationship therapist mm-hmm. coach. Um, she she mentioned in a podcast somewhere that like body language is our mother tongue, and I mm-hmm. loved that. Yeah. It's like, and then we're told basically as soon as we can talk to ignore our bodies, you know. And even when we before we can talk, like mm-hmm. it's like stop crying, you know. What do you need? Do you need food? Do you need the bathroom? Yeah. Like, what do you need? Yeah. You know. And uh, and so I, I really between that and like learning about polyvagal theory. I don't know if you know, like polyvagal, it's like related to, to trauma. It's related to all kinds of things on like how we regulate. Um, there's a whole podcast on it because like people really nerd out on it. Um, and it's like how our body, I'm going to mess it up. I know I am, but like (laughs) they're the way that our bodies regulate us. Um, and so it's, it added basically, you know, fight or flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also added freeze. And then there's yes. also three other Fs yeah. um, as well. Like this middle response um, where when things happen, you, you know, people t- might tend to be aggressive and fight back. Mm-hmm. Other people might pull back, run away, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a response where we just stop. Yeah. And freeze, right? Like, oh my God, what do I do? Right, right. <laughs> like, and that's what would happen to me when I was yeah. angry. I would, and the actual interesting thing is one of the other Fs is fawn. Oh, okay. um, where you like, you know, like give in and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're right. You make, make everybody else comfortable. Like a lot of mm-hmm. people pleasing sort of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what, what I realized was like happening to me was yeah. like my body had this almost immediate reaction, reaction. to conflict and anger that was like freeze. Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, if it was in my face, I would just like give in, roll over. And I, and I noticed I'm like, I'm not okay with rolling over, yeah. you know? And then I was like, I need to set a boundary. How do I do that? Right. Yeah, like yeah. learning that anger equated to like, oh, a boundary has been crossed. It feels mm-hmm. like this. Now I got to go set that boundary. Now I got to go figure out what it is that I need and come back. And like, yeah. it's been a multi-year process to like get reacquainted yeah. with body language in order to be able to communicate feelings. Yeah. You know? So that process feels, I feel so disconnected from my body yeah. or I did. Yeah. Yeah. This is what you're bringing, like, this is so important because just like you said, this is something that we learn very young. Um, A child is crying. I have nieces and like, um, you know, sometimes you have to just let them cry it out. Like let them process it out, right? Um, One of the things that I have a niece who's five years old and one day I was with her and she was upset. She was like really upset about something. And, um, and I told her, I was like, I, I know that you're upset. Like, I, I see that. I, I know that you're upset. And then I told her, I was like, but I, what I don't understand is like, what is making you upset? Like, and, and the way, the why I asked her that was because I needed her to not explain to me, but I needed her to like express it. Like yeah. what was happening that was making her upset? Yeah. Um, and, you know, she 
she said, I mean, it's something, you know, five-year-old, <laughs> like, right? Like, I don't know, my, my shoe, I can't find it, whatever, right? It was something very, it was something very silly. And thank God for that, because um, I don't know how I could have handled it if it was like something really big. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like something very silly and it was manageable. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, what if I helped you, you know? And then she was like, okay. And then, you know, I helped her. And then, then once she processed that, I was just like, okay, you know, are like, what are you feeling now? Like, just like, like just, you coached her. Yeah. Like I basically coached her like as a kid, like what's happening now? And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm a little hungry. You know? <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, All right. Let's yeah. get you some food, you know? this process of like asking them like what's making them upset and like or what's making them angry or what's making them you know whatever it's so important to help them get to happiness um or to get them to um being good right versus what i see a lot of is like people want to just jump to like the good part Mm-hmm. Or I'm gonna dominate you and control you, totally. and like yeah. you better listen to me because I'm your parent, or intimidate yeah. them, and then they they lose their agency over themselves. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like, um, you know, this is something that I'm lucky enough to do with her, and like, you know, she's my little social experiment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, but yeah, like it, it's just like it's so important to like check in with them and just be like, okay, I, I see that you're upset. Like I get it. I I just don't know what's making you upset, and like just right. checking in with them, or like I see that you're angry, like, but I don't know what's making you angry. Right. And admitting that even like be like, I don't did I did I do something like you know? Yeah. And apologizing for it if if it was you, you know. Right. Right. I love that. That's curiosity. Like, yeah, you, you put yourself on an equal plane yeah, with her to say, it's not that I know better or what you need or whatever. It's like, what do you need? What's going on? Let's, yeah. you know, and, and you validated and like held her like, yeah, I see that you're crying or I see you're upset, you know? Yeah. And I think it's easy for kids, especially to feel ignored, you know? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's hard, right? Like for them, because anything can feel like, anything can feel like, you know, um, traumatic, right? Yeah. Like, because they're so young and they're still forming, like things are happening for them, right? Yeah. Cause that's, that's their, like someone I know with kids said like basically, everything they're doing is especially when they're like testing boundaries and they know it's like, do I still belong? Do I still do, do you love me? Do you still, you know, like is like, I'm going to do this and like watch you for your reaction. And are you, am I still love? Do I still belong? And that's like, that doesn't change for us as adults. We may like, I think that is still what we're doing, you know, in some way. Totally. Totally. I see this. Um, so you know, I work in organizations and I, I see this with, you know, in organizations like, Oh, you know, there's something there about that guy's childhood or, you know, there's something there like adolescence. Oh, I bet you that person has daddy issues. You know, like like you, you can figure it out. And it's not a way to like, you know, 
put them in a box. It's a, it's really like this, we've been given this gift of going through the coaching coursework of, you know, doing all this work and, and being able to work with um, people one-on-one and, or within organizations, like you're able to kind of like navigate, like, this is what's going on. Right. Right. And I think specifically that tool of like, it's the same thing of being curious of putting yourself on equal footing with that person. And like, you might know those things and see those things and you never have to like pull it out or talk about it, but you can be sensitive to it. Um, have empathy. You know, I'm thinking about like, what does this mean for my coaching? Like, should I, is there a part up front that we talk about? Like, is there anything important I should know that you're working through? Um, my own coach, you know, when I talked about like, yeah, I've had um, really dark phases in my life, you know, and I'm in a great place now. And, but I can't, who knows, like mental health is not predictable. Um, I man, it's well managed now, but it's like, you just never know. And so she's like, cool, we can talk about that. Or we can, you know, let me know, like, are you, um, do you have therapy? Do you have other forms of support, you know, and like, can we talk about that? Um, And, you know, are you, are you on any medication? And should I know? Because like, you know, sometimes if your medication is suddenly stopped, you know, it can affect your mental health. And then, so how do we just like, make it okay to talk about that? So coming back to shame, like, how do we like remove the shame or stigma up front in a relationship to like, be able to make it okay to talk about later like set set that like uh what's the word foundation you know yeah exactly um yeah I love that like I love that you're bringing that up you know this idea of making it okay to talk about it um and bringing it into the relationship right away Mm -hmm. the um you know, it's almost kind of like <laughs> I'm having this like random <laughs> silly thought but like when you make a new friend and just kind of like not like giving it all away, but like, but like, you know, having like a real talk like, hey, you know what? Um, or like when you're starting to date someone or whatever mm-hmm. new, like, hey, you know what? Like I get like this when I get angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, it sort of like this practice. Yeah, that's that's a, that's what it is. There's another the practice of designing an alliance in coaching. Oh, yeah, um, can be expanded to these taboo topics, but can also be used in other. It doesn't have to be just in a coaching or a professional relationship. It exactly. can like this can be everywhere. And I think you know I have to say like in my own marriage and my relationship like we didn't start that way but now the work we're doing is like knowing oh like hey I'm feeling this sort of way when I feel that I have this energy or I might need time by myself and like we're sort of learning to design our alliance now but it took a lot of work you know to get there and what would that look like if it was up front yeah that's such a good point yeah 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 like yeah well you triggered that thought for me so just you know how cool would it be if we walked through life and just been like hey you know um this is how I get when I get angry or this is how I get get sad or whatever um and and 
and just let it be known and how cool would that be? I'm just imagining the possibilities. <laughs> I mean, that speaks to like so many things, like better communication, yeah. like over, which is forever an issue yeah. um, in any way of any two yeah. humans or more being together. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but is, like, yeah. <laughs> or even like a family or like having, I mean, I know, like, I know I definitely looked at like, uh, what was it? Full house. And I was like, my family is definitely not like this, you know, but they, when I look at it, like they were having the conversations with each other, you know, eventually they'd have the, the yeah. issue, whatever the drama of the episode would be, you know, and then it would yes. be a family conversation. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, all like put together in 30 minutes. Yeah. Very in yeah. a cheesy, yeah. cheesy, cheesy way. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. But we don't have those skills and no, and like we don't have that show or other shows or I don't know where that's really taught. Yeah. No. It's, and that's, that, that's just it. It's not, it's not taught, you know? Um, and that's why I feel, um, that's why I feel like coaching tools are just so, um, it's so valuable, right? Like, knowing the right questions to ask or or being curious even you know the idea of just being curious and just you know um or naming things mm -hmm. you know like hey i'm noticing your like your your whatever mm -hmm. what's up mm -hmm. you know and yeah yeah more from that. i wanted to add to this point of like there's no one teaching us these things. Mm -hmm. And then that perpetuates this like intergenerational trauma, oh. like that, how things get passed down yes. of like, you know, if your grandfather's controlling and over controls his kids, which yes. is your parents. And then they either they over control you or they or under control like, you. Yeah. Overcorrection. Right. And they go the <laughs> other way. Like, and yeah. then you have all sorts of reactions as a, like the lack of healing and clear, like mm -hmm. healing internally with, you know, our parents or our grandparents with themselves, yeah. but also back a generation. And then, yeah then the healing that then allows a future generation to yeah. just exist. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I was uh, talking to a friend. I can't remember who, well, it doesn't matter who's, who sent it to me, but anyway, they, they were talking about how, so I hope I say this correctly. I'll take a moment to say it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when your grandmother is was pregnant with your mother. I I know this one. You know Keep this going. one. It yeah. blew my mind. Just it keep blows going. my mind too. Your mother's eggs were formed when your grandmother was pregnant with her at four months. So that means but the egg that you were created by was actually produced in your grandmother's womb. I know. And like, <laughs> brain melted. <laughs> I know. So my friend sent this to me or shared this with me. And um, just over the weekend, 
my sister and I were talking about, um, you know, about um, you know, therapy and going through therapy and like why they put such a stigma to it and like it's so useful, um, not just therapy but also like going to a coach and and like healing patterns and things like that yeah, for your life. All the modalities. Yeah, like how important that is for your life. And then she was just like, you know, I don't want to pass down things to my kids. Mm -hmm. And so when I told her that thing, I was like, well, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> she was just like, it's like great <laughs> but I'm but joking. also yeah, yeah yeah but also i had a friend who told me when i was going through some tough times she's like but you're doing the work you're doing yes. the healing yes right go like these the difficult things you're working through and you should know you're doing a lot of work not just for you but you're okay. healing your past generations yes. and you're healing that forward even yes. if you don't have kids right that's like how you exist with other people it heals it doesn't perpetuate trauma and could perpetuate you know even yeah. like healing energy and i i really i love that for myself but i also love it for like why this work is worth it yes. why when it feels hard and heavy that it's like this is so important not just for myself but for my ancestors and my yeah. descendants and like whether they're yeah. related to me or not you know yeah yeah and this is why like um you know whether it's little t trauma or like big t trauma like this is this is why you and i are having this conversation this is why you know why we were drawn to um cti and going through our coach work right like this is why we've been doing all of this or like any self-help work whatever the case may be yeah. a podcast whatever we're all and like personal development growth yeah. healing nerds <laughs> exactly like every single time we've been led to that like i i genuinely believe that like you know i've been led to all of this mm. so the reason why I've been led to each and every single one of these moments is so that I can heal this and so that, you know, future um, descendants and past ancestral healing can start to occur mm. because if, it, if I continue to perpetuate it, it'll just live there forever. Right. Right. It'll just be there forever. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it, and, and then from a community perspective, you doing your healing work, right? Because, for example, I'm pretty sure I'm not having kids. It's not in our plans. And, like, mm -hmm. so it's, like, the but the people I'm around and my their kids or their community, mm -hmm. like, they, the more we can remove the stigma and talk about doing the work <laughs> and what that work involves and what has happened to us and how we're surviving, coming back to mm -hmm. that word, and thriving um, and integrating those pieces into our lives that then it encourages and models and um, allows, you just never know where that impact goes and like it allows for other people to pursue their healing too. Yeah. And that's just in telling and doing your own work, you know? Yeah, yeah, like I, um you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like if we do this work, then we encourage all of these other people to do this work or, or let's do a podcast like this. And, and ex <laughs> right. Like, you know, this is one of the things that you and I talked about, Sherry, like 
we're doing this to also share a little bit, not just of our own exploration and experimentation, but also like how we're feeling this trauma for ourselves mm. so that maybe someone can learn from that and like, mm. and share with us. And like, there's this exchange in this community. Yes. Um, so yeah, that the, I like that, that it, it makes me think about um, the many times where I'm like, I wish someone had told me about this sooner. You oh know? my God. Yes. <laughs> and that, like, I wish, I wish I'd known this when I was a kid. I wish like I had Instagram therapists, you know, on my phone that would, you know, give me like advice or like, listen, go learn about this and go learn about that. Like, so I had more self-awareness earlier. Yeah. So like, I'm really excited for what Gen Z and Gen, what is it? A next? I don't know. Oh, are no. going to bring to the world, you know, because, yeah. um, we're going to get rid of Jens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It's probably true, like, <laughs> yeah, but you know, like they they have more access to information and can and we're finally talking about things that are or have been stigmas and like yeah. stigmatized and and bringing them back out into the light, you know, yeah, and yeah. creating awareness. Oh my gosh, I love I I just love 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 what you just said, bringing it into the light, like you know, um these are really heavy and dark things sometimes that we're going to cover. And it's just so important for us to like go in there with our flashlights and just like bring light to it and like, yeah. and like bring it to the light and like, you know, open that, that basement up because without that, like, Oh, just so, so much lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as we, like, get closer to the end of our time, I'm thinking about, like, if there's, I don't know, what's a, if there's a takeaway or if there's an open question or something we want to continue to reflect on or come back to in our next session, what do you think? Session, like it's a coaching session, our next <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, I it's, yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. You know what I, the question that I really, really liked was, um, and I think that we can all do a little bit of this digging, but um, this is the idea of like, well, what are the senses that you're feeling in your body? And, um, you know, I think you and I have started to, you know we've been doing this work and so we've been a little bit more um we notice right but even just like writing it down when we notice sometimes mm. i feel like i notice it and then i forget about it and just like if i just like take a job like take a little note down like noticing the physical sensation and writing that down yeah writing it down like oh you know i got a little angry in that meeting <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. you know yeah um, I notice it in the moment and then I'm just like oh, what's that anger about you know but yeah actually like writing it down and yeah yeah so I invite others to do that too with me yeah that's interesting um because it in some ways it's one of many answers to my the question I'm sitting with which is like how do you integrate 
your full story. How, like, there's this language of, like, owning yourself, owning your full story, owning all of it, and integrating it, and I'm like, yeah, but how do I, like, the project manager analytical side of me is like, but how does that actually, like, what are the steps you take to do that? Because I would like to accomplish them all and be done with this right now. (laughs) Very impatient. (laughs) I totally, I totally know what you mean, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, it, it's not just about recognizing the thing is happening, right? It's also about like recording that it's happening. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So like maybe let's, let's you and I both start recording it. And as a part of that, like when we're recording it, I think we're going to start seeing some patterns, mm-hmm. not just about like what we do, but like when it occurs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even like something like, well, I noticed that when I don't get my eight hours of sleep, I'm triggered all day, (laughs) right? Yes. Right? Foundational self-care. Yeah, yeah. Foundational stuff. Like, and, and just, you know, we'll we'll start noticing that for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. For a brief while, like a week, (laughs) I did do this, like voice notes, voice recording, like when I would think about like, moments of my past where I might have shame or embarrassment or just like, you know, those cringy feelings. And I'm like, Oh God, that happened. Yeah. But I wonder if, if that also applied where I would, I would like speak to what happened to myself. And then I would say, okay, but let's look at that now as an adult. Like what, you know, what are the full, what's the full context of that and sort of give that version of myself like permission to be like, okay, you know, it's all right. Maybe you were embarrassed, but it's okay. And yeah. here's all the reasons, you know, to also know that it's okay. Yeah. Um, so, but I haven't really thought about that with like what's been coming up lately for me. So yeah, I would love yeah. to try that. Yeah, let's try that. Let's see where it takes us. Yeah, I like yeah. it. We can cool. check back in at our um, next episode. <laughs> yeah. And we, we invite everybody else to do that as well. Yes, yeah. And whatever you feel comfortable with, whether you do that and just say, Yep, yeah, I've done it. Yeah. Or if there's like learnings and lessons or like, oh, if you have tips and techniques and tools <laughs> that work, like, please help. <laughs> that would yes. be helpful. Yeah. Um, and if there's anything we've said that feels incomplete, like, well, it means a huge topic, but like, we're incorrect, like, please, like, help us learn, share what you're learning or what, what questions you still have. So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and definitely share with us, like, um, your, yeah, your thoughts or anything, anything, your personal story, whatever yeah. it is, yeah. share it with us. Mm-hmm. We did it, Barty, officially. Yeah. I know. First episode Woo-hoo. <laughs> on a topic. I'm very, very proud of us, as always. I know. This is so exciting. Too. Yeah, <laughs> super exciting. Um, yeah, I'm super excited. I like it. And it was like such a, um, and I hope the audience, you felt this too, but there was such a full, like, I felt that we were in flow. It was like such ease to just us talking. I feel like this is, this is us. Like if we were to be grabbing Um, coffee, this is what we would be talking about. A hundred (laughs) percent. So I will grab coffee with you next week and record our next session. Yeah. (laughs) Episode. I got it. Maybe it is a session. Maybe it's a session. Maybe we accept it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I will see you then. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Marty.
Thanks for joining us this week on Unfolding Sharp Corners. Be sure to check us out on YouTube to find resources and join our exploration. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.